Hello, and, again, welcome to the Aperture Science Computer Aided Enrichment Center. We hope your brief detention in the relaxation vault has been a pleasant one. Two True Freaks presents Hope of All Trades, hosted by Hope Molinax, a podcast by a girl unheard of! If it isn't that hairless heartbeat, if it isn't Skywalker's filthy, obnoxious little pet. Where am I? Where'd go? I'm well spotted. It's a girl? Oh yeah, you're right about that. She can violate my rights if... Hey! You make this, and you die a legend. Can I pee first? I'm really glad that worked. Those would have been terrible last words. Hi everyone! Welcome to a brand new episode of Hope of All Trades. I'm your host, Hope Molinax, and I am talking. Yeah! Oh man, I'm really excited for the show. Um, I came up with the idea of it, of doing this show right in the middle of November. And I took off November from podcasting because I was doing NaNoWriMo, and it was it was great. It was a wonderful experience, and I won NaNoWriMo for the first time ever. Oh, I won! Oh god, it was so crazy. Um, if you don't know what NaNoWriMo is, uh, you have to write 50,000 words in about 30 days, which is about 1,700 words a day. And I won in 27 days. Oh, man. And I got two-thirds of the way down with my book. So I'm pretty sure I can meet my goal to finish my first draft by December 31st. So we will see what will happen. Hello to all my favorite people from Tumblr. If that's where you got this link from. Hi, guys. Thank you for following me on Tumblr. Um, if this is from uh, any... Either the uh, Sekaiichi Hatsukoi Live Journal group or the Junji Romantica group. Hi guys! Hi! Hi! I'm doing this for you guys! And first and finally, and first and finally, and the utmost. Oh, oh this is why I should warm up before I do this stuff. Hi to all my uh, regular followers. Thank you guys for always being there and always listening and always being so kind and sending me wonderful Facebook messages. And just being just awesome people in general. So, hello everyone. Hello, hello, hello. And let's get started. So, this show is all going to be about Ginger Romantica and Sekaiichi Hatsukoi. And, oh, it's going to be my big gay podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited. My big gay podcast. Um, I love this show. Uh, I always talk about yaoi and smash pairings and, and all that stuff. And I thought, why not just do a, a podcast for that? So, if you're... Really not into things on the kind of homosexual side. You might not want to listen to this episode, and I'll see you in the next episode. So you should just stop listening about right now. Are you are you done listening? Or are you actually here for the long run? Okay. <laughs> um. So, uh, Ginger Romantica and Sekai Hatsukoi are two wonderful podcasts or podcasts. Uh, two wonderful manga and anime by uh 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 Shungiku Nakamura. I probably just butchered that, sorry. Uh, she is a wonderful mangaka. She uh, is absolutely just... Oh, my favorite. 
I love her so hard. Oh god, if I ever met her one day, I'd probably just like stare and then probably pee myself a little bit and then drool some and stuff and uh yeah, yeah, she's she's brilliant. Um, and Nakamura wrote both of these shows, and I really, 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 really like them, and that's why I have a podcast about it. Uh, they're both yaoi animes, which means it's boy-on-boy boy love, which I love. I love me some boy-on-boy love 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 lovin', lovin' in the sheets. <sighs> oh, and I'm just really excited to jump into this, so, I will talk about Junjo Romantica first, because it came first, but it actually is my least favorite of the two. So, that way I can spend the last... I can end on a high note and spend the last half of the podcast just celebrating the wonder and beauty that is Sekaiichi Hatsukoi and how much I love it so much. Alright, so let's get started. So, they are two wonderful manga and animes, as I stated. And Junjo Romantica follows three couples. In both of these shows, it follows... Well, it's supposed to follow three couples, but people keep showing up with their couples, and I feel sorry for the people who work in these companies, and I will talk more about that later. Let me make a note, making a side note, and not being prepared on my outline. Da, 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 da. Make note, girls are unlucky at Marukawa. Okay, anyway. Hi! Um... And it follows uh, three different couples, each have their own stories, but they all intertwine, which is always fun because I love seeing them overlap. It's, it's the best part of the, about both of these shows. Um, the, uh, when it comes to Junjo Romantica, there's some terminology that you have to learn first. Each pairing is separated into three, technically four pairings. There's Junjo Romantica, they are the main pairing, that is uh, Masaki and Akihiko. Um, there is Junjo Egotist, which is Hiroki or Hirosan, or Hirosan, getting that southern twang in me, uh, Hirosan, which is, uh, the Junjo Egotist pairing. I will also probably call Hiro Hiroki, because that's actually his name. Um, there's the Junjo Terrorist group, which is Shinobu and Miyagi. And then there is the Junjo Mistake group, which is Isaka and Asahina. But I'll probably be talking about them more with Sekaichi Hatsukoi, because that's where they show up. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to talk about all these couples and why I like slash dislike them. So, Ginger Romantica mainly follows the story of Masaki. He is a teenager, and uh, he's kind of dumb. <laughs> and I mean, I don't mean that to be mean, he's just, he doesn't have really good grades. He, uh, he's an 18 year old, he's about to graduate high school when the series starts. And he's kind of dumb, and his, uh, his parents died when he was younger. And he was raised by his older brother, Takahiro. And Takahiro has a best friend, best friend in the world. And his best friend is this guy named Akihiko, and Akihiko is filthy, stupid rich. So filthy, stupid rich that he has a very skewed view of the world, and he's never done, like, normal people stuff, because he's always been a rich kid. It kind of reminds me, uh, Masaki's tale kind of reminds me of Haruhi from Oran High School Host Club, and Masaki constantly has a moment of just going, you idiot, how stupid goddamn rich people, they just don't know what life is like. (laughs) And so... Poor Masaki is constantly stuck in all these rich people situations, and then he's really awkward. But anyway, 
Takehiro and uh, 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 Akihiko are best friends, and it's uh, you find out that in the course of this, uh, Misaki needs a tutor because he's trying to get into this really big university that like doesn't take anybody else. And he's trying to get into it because Takehiro was about to go into university when their parents died. And he gave up that dream and he just started working because he wanted to support his little brother and make sure he was okay. So Misaki wants to get into this big university and, uh, and be, do his brother's major that he was going to major in. And just, you know, so someone in the family can live this dream. But he needs a tutor because, like I said, he's dumb as brick. Um, well, he's actually, he's not that dumb. He just has bad grades. He's actually a really cool character, and I like him a lot. And so Akihiko starts tutoring him, and <laughs> you find out that uh, Akihiko apparently doesn't know that no means no. So when Saki shows up at his apartment, uh, Akihiko is a novelist. He is a popular uh, fiction writer, and he also writes uh, uh, erotic uh, boys' love novels. Meaning he writes erotic, uh, gay, homosexual novels. Um, and Masaki finds one of these boys love mo uh, uh, books and just opens to a random page. And right there in the middle of it has uh, a big section about what Akihiko wishes that he could do to his older brother. And Masaki freaks the hell out. And he runs upstairs and he's like, what the hell's wrong with you, you stupid man who I've only met once before this? And Akihiko, like I said, doesn't know that no means no, and he gets really pissed off because Misaki woke him up, so he so, uh, sort of molests him and starts molesting them from there on on the series. And it turns out that you find out that Akihiko was actually in love with Takahiro, but he was too afraid to ruin their friendship, so he never actually told him, never hinted at it or anything. And within the first episode, I, I promise you I'm not spoiling anything, this is all in the first episode, uh, Takahiro's like, Misaki, Akihiko, I want you to meet my fiancé. I didn't even tell you I was dating a girl, and now I'm marrying one. Hooray! And Misaki gets really upset, and he's like, because he knows that Akihiko loves Takahiro. And he gets really upset, and so um, he runs out, and Akihiko follows him, and out in the streets, uh, Misaki just starts sobbing. And uh, Akiko's like, why are you crying for me, dude? And he's like, because I know that you're too much of a, like, a hard-hearted person to cry for your own situation, so I will cry for you. And then Akiko starts crying, and they make out. And um, Masaki doesn't want to be a burden on his brother, because his brother gets a job and has to move to another city, and he doesn't want to be a burden on his uh, fiancé and him. So he starts living with Akihiko, and then gay, rich people stuff ensues. I, this, Akihiko's the reason why I almost didn't finish watching season one of Ginger Romantica. I have a big problem with the whole, I'm gonna rape you in submission until you love me. It's just, it is uh, a trope of yaoi manga, uh, that forcing yourself on your partner is okay. And I actually always really disagree with this. Um, the difference between a girl, uh, like a shoujo manga, a girl's manga, and a yaoi is, is if a guy forces themselves on a girl, it's bad. It's a bad, bad thing. That bad, that's a bad man. And then if the girl gets raped, everyone's, she's like, oh no, it's terrible. No one will love me anymore. And everybody's like, yep. <laughs> and, and like, she, she's suddenly this like terrible, like, like demon spawn that no one can ever love again because she got raped. 
or else there's the beautiful prince character that comes and he's like, I will love you no matter what. She's like, really? Okay, let's go get married. And they live happily ever after. It's not like that in Yaoi Manga. Damn it, I don't have that reference. See, this is what happens when I'm so unprepared for my podcast. I read a book. <laughs> that doesn't help. Um, if you go on Wikipedia, look up Yaoi. It's Y-A... Shit, I can't spell! It's Y-A-O-I. <laughs> Yaoi. <laughs> Just gotta sound it out, because I promise you it's not what it sounds like. <laughs> um, look up Yaoi on Wikipedia. And they have a really, really big, uh, uh, like, paragraph about, like, rape in Yaoi. And they reference it, the, the book, and that's why I found it. I found this reference, I found the book online, I ordered the book, and I read it, and it was awesome. Anyway, <laughs> um, and Yaoi manga, when a guy forces themselves on another guy, it's different because it's not rape or, or molesting or anything. It means that they just have such a great big well of, of passion and love and and love them so much they just can't contain themselves and they have to just like throw the person on the bed and even if they say no it's okay because they really want it deep down and they both really love each other and it's totally okay to molest people and it's beautiful no 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 it's not it's 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 molestation it's rape it's no and so that's where why I actually don't like Junjo Romantica as much as Ekaiji Hatsukoi, because it'd be one thing, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, in Sekaiji Hatsukoi, the main couple is Onodera and Takano, and they used to date in high school. They have a history together, they have a past, and they are still in love with each other. They just will not admit it. And this, um, so it's, it's okay when Takano, in my eyes, this is in Hope's world, I know people who watch both shows and they're like, no, it's still not okay. Um, in Hope World, it's okay, because it's a little bit more justified, because they, they do, are still both in love with each other, and they have a history. At this point in time, Masaki has met Akihiko once. Once! And he doesn't know this guy, and this guy, like, grabs him, throws him in bed, and, like, molests them, and, like, 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 hand jobs him off until he comes? No! That's bad! And then he just keeps doing it. Eventually, one day, Masaki's like, I know, I love you! <laughs> and I'm like, you're a dumbass! Go report him to the police! Yeah, he could probably pay his way out of it, but he'll teach him a lesson. Damn it. So that, that's a big reason. <laughs> wow, and I just turned everybody off of Junja Romantica. I promise you it's not that bad. It's just how I feel about this one couple. The other two couples are okay, I promise you. <laughs> wow, I just made that sound really bad. Um, <laughs> but I, I almost stopped watching Junior Romantica. It took me, it, I had to really force myself through, my, myself through season one. But in season two, uh, Misaki has an, o- has an older friend who, uh, pretty much, like, makes Akihiko see how he's wrong. And ha- Akihiko feels really bad about it. And he really redeems himself a lot, and... He, he he starts kind of, like, easing up on Masaki, because, like, Akihiko gets really possessive. He's always really possessive, and he's like, No, you can't go anywhere. I love you too much. Masaki's like, Shut up. I have a real life. You live in your fantasy bubble of writing and money. No. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so he, he really redeems himself in season two. I promise you it's not as bad as I'm making it sound. <laughs> Yeah, so he, he redeems himself. I kind of like him in season two. The manga is still ongoing with them. The last chapter has them and stuff like that. So that that's the first couple. It's Akihiko Masaki. I probably should not have started with them. 
<laughs> in hindsight of recording my podcast that I am only, you know, like 10 minutes into. Anyway, um, <laughs> the next couple is my favorite. It is the Junjo Egotist couple, and it's I, Hiroki and Nawaki, who are wonderful. The way they're connected to Junjo Romantic couple is Hiroki was uh, Akihiko's childhood friend. They grew up together, they were best friends, they went to school together, um, I guess until Takahiro came along and then they weren't really good friends anymore. But it starts off with Hiroki has always been in love with Akihiko, he's always adored him, he wanted to stay by his side, and Hiroki kind of did this thing, and I promise you once again I'm not spoiling it, it's literally in the first like two minutes of the episode. Um, he goes up to Akihiko and he's just like, oh, uh, I'll blindfold you and you can pretend I'm Akihiko. And then he just realized that that was really dumb after they had sex and it was horrendous. And so what happens is, is that, uh, he's in the middle of the park and he's crying and out of nowhere comes a bottle rocket and it almost hits him and he's just like freaking out and out pops this guy. And he sees Hiroki crying and the, and the guy just grabs his arm and just drags him away. Uh, and he drags him to a group of old men, and this group of old men are shooting off the bottle rockets, and they're having a jolly good old time, and they start talking to Hiroki, and the thing about Hiroki is he's a Sundara character, which means he's really grumpy, he rarely smiles, and he's very socially awkward, which, uh, <laughs> he doesn't like affection much, so, um, it's really rare to hear him say I love you or hear him say like, you know, ooh, I like you or like, let's cuddle together and watch a movie and then we'll take a bath and like cook stuff. Um, it, it doesn't happen with him. And so they start telling uh, uh, Hiroki about this guy that grabbed him and his name is Nawaki and he was an orphan and he grew up in an orphanage and he dropped out of middle school and um, because he wanted to help, like, he wanted to start working on his own and didn't want to live in the orphanage anymore. And he works, like, literally, like, six part-time jobs all at once. So he, and even though he's pretty poor himself, he still gives all this money back to the orphanage that, like, that raised him. And he is, like, the best guy ever. And, and, and Hiroki's like, who the fuck is this guy? And, and so, yeah, and Nawaki starts, uh, starts kind of coming to Hiro, because Hiro, uh, Hiroki um, is a grad student at this time. Um, and he starts coming to him, and he wants him to tutor him, because he wants to go to high school, and he wants to go to college, and he wants to become a doctor. He wants to become a pediatrician, actually, because he loves kids, because he always helped out all the kids at the orphanage he was raised in, and he just loves kids so much. And Hiroki's like, who the fuck are you? I don't even know who you are. Why are you following me into my house? <laughs> um... And, and so, finally, Hiroki is, like, starts tutoring him, and they start getting to know each other, and, um, Nawaki tells him, uh, starts coming on to him, and he gives him a kiss, and he's like, I'm in love with you, and he's like, I can't do this, you're, you're in my house, and you're making out with me, this is weird, and, and so, they, they end up falling in love, and, uh, Nawaki doesn't like Akihiko much, because, because his hero, uh, kind of, kind of, I, I wouldn't say still his feelings for him, but they're still friends, and he knows the background with them, with them and stuff. But what I find most interesting about their them together is their story over oh, uh, up to this point has spanned seven years. None of the other stories have done this um, in, in either anime, really. Uh, her, Hattori and Chiaki and Sekeja Hut Square are starting to get close to that. But um, I guess talking on a dare. Anyway, I'm talking. 
Their, their story spans seven years, which I really like because it shows the depth of their relationship together and shows how much they've overcome. Part of that year is uh, Nawaki went and studied a year in America uh, to be a doctor and stuff. And so together, uh, it, I think it just gives so much more depth to them. And I love seeing the crossovers when the Junjo uh, Romantica pairing comes in and how they cross over and stuff like that. So you'll see Akihiko show up in his episodes, and every once in a while, in a Junjo Romantica chapter of the manga, you'll see you'll see uh, 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 Hiroki show up. Especially since Hiroki at one point becomes uh, Masaki's teacher, and he is the demon teacher. He, this is the teacher that throws books at his students and like kicks them out and stuff like that. Uh, at one point, his female students bake some cookies for Valentine's Day and make some candies, and he's like. Well, you can keep them, because if you had time to make me cookies, you had time to study. Damn it, get the fuck out of my class. And then these girls are, like, crying. <laughs> He's so scary as a teacher. But uh, I really like this couple a lot. They're my favorite. And so the third couple is the Junjo terrorist couple. They need to be in here more, because I really like this couple a lot. I love them so much. And they're rarely in the manga. They only have... Out of two seasons of 24 episodes total, they only have four episodes. Oh, it makes me sad because I love them so much. But um, it's about a guy named Shinobu and a guy named, uh, named Miyagi. And people have... I can see where people have problems with their relationship because they have a 17-year age difference. Yes, I did say 17 as in 1-7. And I can see why people have problems with this. But, okay... I promise you, I'm not trying to sound like a creeper. I'm not trying to sound like a pedophile. I'm not. And it, you know how it's interesting when you see something that's really kind of weird and gross, but you can't look away because it like kind of fascinates you, and you like want to read about it, or you want to watch it, and you're just like, this is so like odd. I just want to keep like looking at it. That's how I feel about these kind of relationships. Because Miyagi is a teacher, and Shinobu is a student. And teacher-student relationships is, like, this kind of plot story twist that I find fascinating. Not because I'm a pedo, not because I'm a creeper. I just find that relationship fascinating. Especially, like, once a student graduates and then become older, it uh, turns into something to where, um, to see, like, the student growing up and stuff like that. Now, the thing about Miyagi and Shinobu. Miyagi, how they're connected to everybody else, Miyagi is... Hiroki's co-worker. They're both teachers together at the same university. Miyaki at one point was married. He was married to Shinobu's sister. So at one point they were brother-in-laws, but Miyagi got a divorce, and so they're not related anymore. So they're ex-brother-in-laws, which sounds even weirder and even creepier, but roll with me here. <laughs> um, Shinobu kind of has a Akihiko complex. He comes from a really rich family. Um, and he kind of <laughs> plays on that a lot, because Shinobu's father is the dean of uh, the literature department, so he's Miyaki's boss. <laughs> so a lot of times, um, the, the dean is like, you know, Shinobu uh, needs a place to stay, and we're kind of busy, and we're kind of out of town, and he, he we want to make sure that he doesn't get into trouble, so can he stay at your house? And Miyagi's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't want to take care of this kid. But they're really interesting together, because for one is the age difference, and it's kind of cool to see Miyagi being the adult and being like, you know you should focus on your studies, you have to think about what you want to do for a living, 
And Shinobi was like, well, I've always been good at everything. I'm good looking. I've always based on my subjects. I could do anything I want. And Miyagi's like, shut up, you little bitch. Um, anyway, and then Shinobu goes, but you know, the one thing I've ever wanted, like, truly wanted for the first time in my life was to be with you. Because I feel like it's destiny. And, <laughs> and Miyagi's like, what do you mean that it's destiny? And he's like, remember that time you saved me from a mugging? And then we went to the same hotel, and then you, I found out that you were going to be my brother-in-law. And uh, it was just like it all was meant to happen. Only you weren't supposed to marry my sister. You were supposed to live with me and love me. And, and Miyagi's like, this guy's a terrorist. This guy's going to f- fuck me up somehow, and I just know it. <laughs> um, so that's how they get together. But I really like the relationship, because Miyagi is actually... Um, he, he has two sides to him. If you see him in a Hiroki episode, he is lighthearted, he jokes around, he flirts, he flirts with, uh, 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 what's his butt? Hiroki a lot. Um, he's really just outgoing and, and lively and just like, oh, I'm not Miyagi, I'm the happiest person in the world. But when you actually get into Miyagi's episodes, he's really depressing. And it's nice to see that kind of roundness to him. He's not just kind of like this like throw-in comedy character. He has really, really a lot of deepness in him. And he has a troubled past. And that's part of the reason why he doesn't want to be with Shinobu originally. Because he feels like, A, the age difference is a big thing. B, his troubled past will affect them. And C, he just doesn't really want to be with the Dean's son. But eventually, though, and this is why Shinobu is a terrorist to him, Shinobu kind of weasels his way in and uh, kind of sets in his heart and stuff, and he starts kind of worrying about Shinobu, and he starts kind of, like, wondering if he's okay, and when Shinobu suddenly vanishes, uh, and he realizes that he actually really does love uh, Shinobu. But then, later on in the manga, <laughs> you get all these, like, little funny things where where all the teachers are watching this news report about a teacher and a student getting caught in a relationship together, and all the other teachers are like, well, this is terrible. No teacher should have a relationship with a student. And Miyagi's just kind of sitting in the corner going, oh my god, I can get arrested for this. This is horrendous. But the story progresses really fast. Um, Shinobu's only in high school for, like, an episode. And then he eventually goes off to university, and he's in the same university, and he's actually an adult. So it's not so creepy. Anyway. <laughs> but I like Shinobu, too. Um, you get very few chapters from his point of view, and he's just a derp. I I don't even want to know. I, I can't believe what goes through his head. Like, he has a thought where, where he's like, well, I'm eating this food from a convenience store. They make it for one-day use. So if it's made for one-day use, why does it have so many preservatives in it? If I die, will my bones be preserved because I'm eating all these preservatives? And I'm just like, wow, you you have more money than God. You could just totally do whatever you want and study that, and you're worrying about preservatives in a convenience store meal. Right. Um, but they're the third couple. I, I really find them interesting. And like I said, all three couples overlap a lot. And... Yes, I, I, I just wish Miyagi and Shinobu had way more love. They only have a handful of chapters in the manga, and the manga is still ongoing with Junji Romantica. But remember a few episodes ago when I was bitching about Tokyo Pop shutting down? Yeah, Tokyo Pop shut down, and because of that, we, we haven't gotten any of the new books of Junji Romantica in the States. Damn ridiculous. Fucking Tokyo Pop! I hate them. I freaking hate them. So much. <laughs> Hear that Tokyo Pop? Suck. But it's okay, because there's a new um, yaoi company starting up called Sublime. 
uh, you guys should support them because I'm really hoping they might. They're picking up a lot of stuff that other companies have dropped, and so I'm hoping, really, really hoping they pick up Junjo Romantica, and I really, really hope they pick up Sekai Ichihatsukoi because it hasn't come over to the States at all. So, yeah. So those are the three couples. Technically, there's a fourth. There's Junjo Mistake. Um, it's Asaka and Asahina. Uh, I will talk about them in a bit. Uh, because they actually show up in Sekai Jihatsukoi as well, and they get their own episode, which I don't understand. So when it comes to the uh, uh, manga and the anime, uh, you can tell a di- big difference in the anime from season 1 to season 2. Because there's this censor thing that went down in Japan, <laughs> um, and they were like, wow, uh, the, the president, I think. I can't remember if the president or the prime minister. But anyway, it's the guy who was like, well, we had a tsunami and an earthquake that killed a ton of people. You know what? It's a sign from God that our country is promiscuous and terrible. That's the guy who said it. And he, like, laid down this law where he wanted to, like, clean up, like, anime and clean up, like, novels and TV and stuff like that. So he laid down the censor. Um, that guy's a jackass. Like, hundreds of thousands of people died, and he said that about his own people. You need to not be in office, dude. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, the, so they laid down this law, the censorship law, and it happened between season one and season two. Season one, there's a lot more nice, sexy scenes, and you're just watching it going, this is awesome, and they never, you know, show a lot of stuff. You never actually see a full penis. You never see, like, full insertion, but you do see clothes come off. Ha <laughs> ha. And you see, like, like thrusting and stuff, and it's really awesome. And then you get to season two, and it's like, well, we're about to have sex. Oh, oh, they're unbuttoning the shirt. Cock blocked. Total cock block. And you're just like, what is this? This sucks. So that's a big difference between the two seasons, but I like season two better in general. I like it because a Akihiko and Masaki are so much better, and I can actually tolerate Akihiko in season two. And their story gets better too because Akihiko's half brother comes along. He's like Masaki, I love you too. And Akihiko's like, "What are you doing?" And Masaki's like, "Oh God, I'm attracting everybody in, in the Usami clan." <laughs> that is true. Masaki has a curse. He attracts literally everybody in Akihiko's family. Um, and it's so great because his brother, uh, Akihiko's brother, shows up and uh, he, he falls in love with Masaki. His father, uh, Akihiko's father, shows up and he doesn't fall in love with Masaki, but he's like starts sending him gifts and stuff, which pisses Akihiko off. Um, and then the father, ooh, that's the twist of season two. The father is really nice and then he stops suddenly being nice and you're just like, it's <gasps> awesome. Um, and he, and, uh, uh, his, uh, Akihiko's cousins start showing up too, and they all like Masaki, and Masaki's just like, can I get out of damn rich people world, please? I really just want to go to school and get a job and live my life. Okay, thanks. <laughs> it's, it's really, really, uh, season two gets really a lot better, and then with, uh, the egotist and the terrorist stories, they're just more developed. Um, you get more into their relationships, more into what makes them tick. Um, so season two is way better than season one story-wise. Se- season one is a long-form way of showing how everyone's together for 12 episodes, and how everyone's connected, and how they got together, and blah blah blah. Season two actually uh, focuses on story, which to me is better. You gotta, gotta get through season one to get to season two, which good luck with Akihiko raping the heck out of everybody. And my soul. But I am holding out for a season three. 
I, I have been, um, I finally caught up on all the manga as of, like, two days ago. Um, because I was really, really behind on the manga. Um, and it's really good. The story's just still getting better. I really want, I think I mainly just want more egotist and terrorist stories, though. I really could care less about Romantica stories. <laughs> they could just cut those parts out and just make a book for me of egotist and and um, terror stories. And I'll be a happy camper. I don't want the rest of that. But there's so much more material. material. And I, what I like is, um, what I really want out of the terrorist group is that the, the anime ends with Miyagi and Shinobu finally getting together. Uh, but the manga after that actually shows their relationship and like what they are, what they do in their relationship and stuff like that. The four episodes they have in season one and season two is just them getting together. It takes them that freaking long to actually be like, yes, yes, we will be a couple, hooray! Um, so I really want that in season three. And with Hiroki and Owaki, they start going through some hiccups that I would that were really interesting, like. Like Hiroki being from a rich family, and his family sends him matchmaking photos to match him up with pretty ladies. And Noaki's just like, oh no, pretty ladies. I have to say about Noaki, he's the nicest person ever, and the biggest romantic. And and that's why it's great that he's paired with Hiroki, because Hiroki's a realist, and Noaki's a romantic. Like, all Noaki wants out of life is to be able to cook together, take a bath together, snuggle under the blanket and watch a romantic movie together, go watch fireworks and cuddle in the grass together. Like, that's all Noaki wants. And Hiroki is just like, what? What the hell? No, no, we're men. Men don't snuggle. Men don't cuddle under fireworks together. Get off me. <laughs> and that's why they're so great together. Um, they're so hilarious. So that's really, really what I want out of season three. And there's been some talk going around that there's a Junja Romantica announcement coming up. I don't know if that's true, because I got that off Tumblr. And um, so I don't know if there's actually a big announcement coming up. I hope there is, because if there's a season 3 of Ginger Romantica, that means there's going to probably be a season 3 of Sekai Hatsukoi, but we've got to wait and see. I, I do like the manga, though, um, but we do get other... Uh, the manga... What is this note? Sorry, I'm reading my notes. The manga with Akihiko Masaki is getting boring to me. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. That, that's the one thing about the manga I don't like, because there's so much Masaki and uh, Akihiko in it that the chapters are starting to get monotonous. This this is the summary of most Junjo Romantica chapters. It opens and Masaki is complaining about his life, and then uh, uh, Akihiko's like, "Oh, I want you to love me." Masaki's like, "No," and Masaki goes in the real world, and then something happens in the real world. Either someone hits on him, or he hangs out with his friends, or goes to his job, and Akihiko gets really mad, and then they have sex at the end of the uh, thing to make up for it, and then the chapter ends. That is. You, I just probably explained about 90% of Junior Romantica chapters. Yeah. Um, but it has been starting to change. There's an author in, um, in Junior Romantica, and I'm about to butcher this name. I'm just letting you know that now. Ijuin. <laughs> Ijuin. I'm gonna, s I'm, anyway. He's, uh, he's, uh, the author of a really popular manga in the, in the show. Um, the manga's called THE KON! <laughs> it's a cooking manga. And it is Masaki's favorite manga. And Masaki ends up getting a job at the publishing company that publishes this manga. So he's been constantly running into Mr. Ijuin. 
Ejuin. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> and all the fans out there are just face palming right now. Um, Misaki is constantly running into him. And he's actually important. He, he comes in second. Well, he's not that important. But uh, Ijuin's, uh editor is important for Sekai Hatsukoi. So remember this later. <laughs> See? The, everything's connected! It's awesome! <laughs> and Ijuin has been kind of hitting on Masaki, which doesn't make Maaki Hiko happy, but Masaki's like, I don't care that he hits on me and tells me he's in love with me. I love his book so much. Um... And so it's starting to kind of shift because now they're starting to become a love triangle. Though I think Ijuin would be much better with uh, you. And I don't mean Y-O-U, I mean Y-U-U. He's a character in Sekai Tatsukoi. They should be paired together, but that's just me. Anyway, uh, 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 so it's starting to shift a little bit, but I wish the manga would kind of mix it up more because it's starting to get a little dry. And the other thing I'm wondering about what's starting to get into this that I really want to see from all of Nakamura's work not just Junja Romantica. I want to see this in Sekai Hatsukoi too. I want to see how their families get involved. Because what? how is Takahiro going to take when he finds out that his best friend and his little brother are a couple? I don't think he'll be too happy with it. And then, uh, Hiro come, ha, uh, uh, had denied his matchmaking photos and sent his parents a letter back saying, I'm sorry, I'm with someone. Um, I can't do this right now. I can't do this ever again. Bye. Okay, thanks. And so I want to know how what's going to happen when their parents get involved. What happens if the dean finds out that Shinobu and Miyagi are dating? Like, where's the family in this? Oh, I want that so bad. I really, 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 really want to see that happen. Same thing with Sekai Jadsukoi. I want to see how families come in. And the other thing I really, really, really want out of this series is I want to see how what would happen if the couples found out about each other. Because you kind of get that a little bit. Like, Miyagi... Like I said, Miyagi and Haruki are co-workers. And so, Miyagi knows... Um, like, uh, uh, Nawaki has showed up at work. At uh, Haruki's work before. And was, like, pissed off. And was trying... Because, like, Haruki was ignoring him. He was really mad. And he shows up at work. and Miy So, Miyagi sees him. And, and Miyagi knows there's something going on between Hiroki and Awaki, but he doesn't actually really say anything. Um, and then later on, Hiroki walks into um, their office together, and Shinobu is on top of Miyagi. And Miyagi starts freaking out because he's like, hey, this isn't what, what it looks like. And Shinobu walks out, and Hiroki kind of looks at him and goes, that's not my business. Um, but just be careful, because he looked like a high school student, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And then finally in the manga, it hasn't come up in the anime, but there's a point where Miyagi needs help. And, um, he needs some advice. So he goes up to Hiroki, and he's like, look, um, I, I sort of know that you're kind of in a similar situation to me, so I need some advice. And they actually sit down together, and they never say that they're dating another man. And they never say who they're dating, but they sit down and kind of have a very awkward conversation and give each other advice. But that is the closest you ever come to anybody knowing about anybody else. And I just want to see how interesting it would be for, like, for, for Hiro to find out that Akihiko's dating Misaki. I want to know how, like, and, and for him to find out about Shinobu and Miyagi 
and, 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 and Milwaukee finding out about, like, I just, I want them all to know, and I want to see that fallout of, like, friendships being tested to see if it's okay, or, or them, like, banding together, or if the Dean finds out about Miyagi and Shinobu, and, like, and Milwaukee, not Milwaukee, but, um, Hiroki steps up, and he's like, no, I will stand by your side, my friend, because I totally, completely understand what you're in. Like, I really want to see this fallout. Same thing as Sekaiichi Hatsuko, I'm gonna bring it up later, uh, uh, everyone knows about, I'm sorry, I'm writing notes, everyone else, and I'm gonna sing my notes to make it more interesting, everyone else, hooray, exclamation point, anyway, I just think that'd be a really interesting point in the manga, and it's never been actually really breached in either of Nakamura's work, and I want to see that happen. The transition into Sekai Jatsuko, so that's pretty much Junior Romantica. I know I made it sound horrendous, didn't I? It's actually really good. It has to be really good. It's the best-selling boys love manga and anime of all times. So obviously, it's doing something right. So just ignore my personal opinions if you don't believe in it, because hell, I'm just a I'm just a girl sitting in my bedroom talking about anime. So if you don't want to believe me, sure, fine, whatever, go right ahead. Um, so it has to be doing something, right? So overall, I do like Ginger Romantica. I don't like it uh, as much about as much as what I'm about to talk about. It's it's fantastic, and make sure I talk about everything. And I, I highly suggest it if you like Yaoi. If you don't like Yaoi, then don't watch it, and then don't bitch and complain when other people watch it. You can just you know like what you like and let people like what they like. Get over it. So I'm gonna take a break. I gotta rest. Um, I'm gonna put in a little music right here. I don't actually know what I'm about to play at this moment. It's going to be one of the openings. I'm thinking it's going to be the second Junior Romantica opening because I like it the best. Um, it's my favorite. Uh, I like the part towards the end where it has the piano and it's like na 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 na. I, I love that part. <laughs> when I drive, I drive so fast I end up going like 30 miles over the speed limit by the time like that 30 second chunk of music's done. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna play that one um, and I'm gonna. Rest my voice for two seconds, so enjoy, uh, enjoy the second Jujo Romantica opening. <laughs> I'm 
And we're back. Did you enjoy that? The the da na 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 na. Yeah, yeah. You, if you were listening to this in the car, I bet you drove faster too. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm gonna transition into the next piece, which is my favorite. Oh God, I love it. The next one is Sekai Ichi Hatsukoi, and this is why I like the two series as a whole, both of them together. Well, one. It's all one world, so they're all connected in a way. Every character is connected to every other character in some way, shape, or form, which I like because it's kind of the six degrees of separation kind of deal. So for all you know, Onodera, well, it does happen, and I'll talk about that in a second, but Onodera could run into Masaki and not know about it and not know who they are, which actually happened in an episode. Um, so it's all the same world, and so you gotta kind of watch it, because you might see characters in the background, which happened, like in a Miyagi episode. Miyagi's sitting in his car at a red light, and it shows a shot out the windshield, and you see Akihiko and Misaki walk by. He doesn't know who the hell they are, but they walk by, and then the, the, the viewer just goes, Oh my god, he's Um, so yeah, um, that, that's one reason why I like both of these series, because it happens in both series. The other thing I like about both of these series is it shows the process of uh, making of how to make a book and how to make a manga. More the manga than the book side of things, but it shows like the process of like how to make something that I love so much. I have grown up reading manga. I've read manga since middle school, and I've grown up watching anime. So it's really kind of cool to see how they make a manga. Something I love so dearly, and that's what Seka Ichi Hatsukoi is about. It's about a group of manga editors, and they are shoujo manga character uh, uh, editors, meaning that they uh, they make girls comics, and it's a group of guys. Which I found funny because a bunch of ladies makes the boys love manga, and a bunch of guys make the girls manga, which I just found really cute. Now the story follows um, Ritsu Onodera. I will use his name both ways <laughs> because I call him Onodera at the time. Half the time I call him Ritsu. Onodera comes from uh, a wealthy family. Um, I don't think he's as wealthy as Akihiko or Hiroki. I don't think his his parents could buy like half of Japan if they wanted to. But his father is a CEO of um, of another publishing company, which is oh I just realized that's that's inconsistent between the two. Um, no, no, because Marukawa, I'm sorry, the thought I just had is that Akihi, uh, Onodera used to be Akihiko's editor, but, um, I realized that couldn't be true, because that means Akihiko doesn't publish with Marukawa, he publishes with another company, and then I remembered he publishes his boy's love, his boy, lo- his boy love, mon- uh, books with Marukawa, and he pu- publishes his fiction books with another company. That's the difference. Okay, I'm good. I cleared out my mind, but Onodera uh, used to work for his father's company. His his father's the CEO of a publishing company. I said that, um, and he was Akihiko's editor. And what happened was, while he was working there, he overheard some of his coworkers talking about him, and they were talking about how Onodera didn't have to work hard. He was riding his father's coattails, and he got really mad. He did, he wanted to prove them wrong, to prove that he was an editor on his own worth. So he quit his job there, and he went over to Marukawa Publishing Company, 
and he wanted to get into the literature department, but they stuck him in shoujo manga. And we follow on Onodera, and he meets his editor-in-chief, who is this guy named Takano. And Takano uh, uh, is talking, like, uh, is just kind of, his first day is really rough. Um, Takano is not very nice to him. He makes fun of him, as does all his, uh, he shows up, and um, all his other fellow editors are dead. <laughs> not literally dead, like, they're, like, not breathing and not hearts not beating on the floor. They're just dead, tired, exhausted. Because there's a monthly cycle, which makes me laugh, because it refers, I think of it like periods. Um, lady periods, that is, not punctuation periods. Um, and, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a derp. Uh, he, they're all, like, dead, tired, exhausted. Because um, there's a cycle, and at the beginning of the cycle, month, they're all really excited, and toward getting closer and closer to deadlines, they get more and more exhausted, and finally they're all dead, tired at the end. And, like, the first time Onodera meets his co-worker, Kisa, Kisa literally falls out of the chair onto the floor. <laughs> I mean, that, that's how exhausted they get. But he meets Takano, and Takano, you know, starts showing him the ropes. And, um, very first day, uh, he meets a manga artist, and Takano's like, well, this, he, he's looking over the manuscript, and he's like, this shot's not right, it doesn't look right, it's not the right angle. And she's like, well, it's hard to kind of see it, because I'm not the one... It's hard to imagine yourself kissing somebody in angles. He's like, here, I'm going to help you out. So he grabs Onodera and he like makes out with him. And Onodera's just like, what the fuck? And this was about the time where I'm like, why aren't you reporting him, Onodera? Anyway, um, yeah, it goes back to that whole forcing yourself, raping, molesting thing. Takano just wanted to help this author so bad that he kissed Onodera. So about halfway through episode two, though, you find out, and I promise you I'm not spoiling that much because it's all in episode one of... Onodera having flashbacks about this. Um, Ona, all through episode one and two, Takano kept going up to Onodera, and he's like, do I, do I know you? You seem so familiar. I feel like I've seen you somewhere before. And finally, it clips with Takano, and ha towards the end of episode two, Takano tells him, um, you know, uh, I, when I was younger, at, right after high school, my parents got a divorce. Um, and since, uh, I, I took my mother's, at the time, I, I, uh, I, I took my mother's name. And so my mother's maiden name is Takano, but during that time, my name was Masamune Saga. And Ritsu about shit's a break, because <laughs> Masamune Saga was his ex-boyfriend in high school. And he was his lover back then. And what happened is that they had a really bad breakup. And... And Onodera moved. It, like literally, his parents had enough money, and they shipped him to another school, <laughs> um, in another country. And so, and he just and, and Masamune Takano never heard from him again. And so, yeah, Onodera about shits a brick. And so then the rest of their story, they don't they don't get cool names like egotist and and terrorist and stuff like that. I mean, the fandom has come up with names. I they I don't, I'm not even gonna refer to them. But that's what the rest of the uh, uh, Onodera Takano stuff is about. Is about Onodera's like, I'm not gonna love him. He's the editor-in-chief, and I don't like him. I hate him. And, and Takano's like, get in my car. <laughs> get in my car and get in my bed. And we're gonna, like, go sex. And he's like, okay. Okay, that sounds lovely. But I'm not gonna tell you how much I love it, because I'd still love you. But I'm not gonna tell you. Like, that's that's the rest of the stuff. Uh, and it's actually really interesting. Because you get a, a two other characters in the Takano and Onodera stuff that comes in. Um, there's Yokozawa, who I love so much. Yokozawa comes in. He is, uh, Takano is the editor-in-chief of, uh, the, uh, shoujo manga department. 
and Onodera works under them. Yokozawa comes in, and he is um, from the he is the head of the sales department. So he works really closely with the editors, and he shows up a lot. Well, when you first see Yokozawa, you think him and Takano hate each other, and then Onodera sees them together, and they're laughing and joking. And it turns out that after um, Ritsu uh, or Onodera left, Takano was a mess. Um, he went into college, and he was a complete mess. And while he was there, he met Yokozawa. And they became college buddies, and they, they had some sexy time together. <laughs> and um, they, they just became really good friends. They became pretty much best friends. Um, and uh, Yokozawa starts coming into the picture, and he pretty much tells uh, Ritsu to get the fuck out. <laughs> He's like, I'm in love with Masamune. You're a hinder. You're the reason he was so messed up in the first place. I picked him up. I put him back together. Get Leave him alone. He is mine. And Ritsu's like, I just want to go to work. I just want to I just want to be a book editor. That's all I want from life. And Yokozawa is just like, get out. And Takano's like, get in my bed. That's, that's their kind of... Oh, I got a phone call. Hello? This is a musical interlude. This is a musical interlude. It means something happened and Hope can't record. Oh, this is a musical interlude. Yeah! Jazz hands! Ah. I'm sorry about that, guys. Like, I, I usually turn my phone on silent before I record podcasts, and I just forgot to do it this time. So, yeah. Sorry, I got a phone call. So, I was talking about Takano Nadera and Yokozawa. Okay, so what happens is is they they create a love triangle on the Takano side. And then on the Onodera side, there is another love triangle of sorts. And this girl comes in and her name is Anchan. <laughs> Anchan. There's my southern twang again. It's Anchan. Mama, get the gators inside. It's Anchan. <laughs> no, Anchan. Um An is uh, Ritsu's fiance because he's rich, and their parents like to matchmake them, apparently. An is Ritsu's uh, fiancé, and she starts showing up, and he doesn't hit her. And I'm going to say that now. An is a really, really awesome female character. I like her a lot. People's like, oh my god, I hate her so much! Because you don't read the manga! Read the manga! Don't listen to everything in the anime! Anadera and An have been childhood friends, they went to school together, they grew up together, and Onodera sees her as a sister. And though An is totally in love with him, she she loves him so much, she doesn't want to be with anybody else. She's even tried to say, like, I've dated other people, and I don't love any of them as much as I love you. And Onodera's just like, crap, I've just spent all of season one and half of season two being with Takano. Um... Well, but not really truly being with him, because I, I really hate him, but I secretly love him. And so she shows up, and Takano is just like, you have a fiancé? What the hell? What the hell is wrong with you? You know, and Dara's like, she's just my sister-like character. Um, but, so, so that's the other love triangle with them. And like I said, I don't, people really don't like On, but it's just because they see her in the uh, anime, and... The thing about it, they see her, they're like, oh, A challenger appears! Kill her! <laughs> Kill it! Finish it! Um, and it's not like that! She's really, really cool. Uh, all she does is that she just really loves Onodera a lot. They're, they're really good friends. And there's a part in the manga, spoilers, hot spoilers, uh, where 
where she realizes that Takano... Well, Takano is also Onodera's neighbor. It's a total accident that they end up being neighbors. Um, so she knows Takano as being Onodera's neighbor, and then the second time she meets him, she's like, why is your neighbor at your workplace? And he's like, oh, well, he's also my editor-in-chief. And then later on, Onodera's mother goes to the hospital, and On's the one that drives his mom to the hospital, waits with her until Onodera gets there, and then, um... And, and she's like, you know, I, I really love you, but you've already turned me down several times. Uh, and is it because that you're still in love with that person? And he's like, I, I don't know what to tell you. And then Takno shows up and he's like, I think you should take that as a yes. And, and I was like, shut up. But An has a moment of just going, you know, Mr. Neighbor, I want you to know that I love Ritsu. And I swear, if you don't make him happy, I will never forgive you. So you will make him happy. And she runs off. And Onodera's like, what just happened? And I reward her for that. She gives up on the love of her life so Onodera can be happy with Takano. And that's awesome. On is an awesome character. And I hate when people bash her. So after all that and a phone call. That's the main couple of Sakai Chihatsuko. This is going to be a really long podcast, I can tell. Sorry, guys. Um, so then you get into the second couple of uh, Sakai Chihatsuko. It is Chiaki and Hattori. And th- this is a little different because in Wajinja Romantica, all three couples are in the manga. That's not true with Sakai Chihatsuko. There are spin-off novels that go along with it. And this is where you find Chiaki's stuff. Um, he pops up every once in a while in the manga. Uh, they they will release like tiny booklets of manga with the DVDs, and so they, that's where a lot of his stuff comes from too. But I would say about eighty to ninety percent of all the Chiaki stuff comes from these spinoff novels. So if you read the manga online, good luck finding Chiaki. He shows up just as much as. I feel like there's a simile there somewhere that I just didn't, I just failed at. It shows up as much as the Master Ball does in Pokemon. I don't even know. I'm going to quit now while I'm behind. Chiaki and Hattori, this is how they're connected to everybody else. Chiaki is a really, really, really popular manga artist. He's a mangaka. He's one of the best-selling manga writers um, at Marukawa. Hattori is his editor, and Hattori works with Onodera and Takano. That's how they're connected. Hattori and Chiaki are, were childhood friends. They'd known each other for 28 years. Hattori, one day, is just like, Chiaki, I love you. I'm going to make out with you while you sleep on the couch. And Chiaki wakes up. He's like, WTF? What's going on, you guys? And this is where I have discrepancies. Oh, the manga... The, the Not the manga. The novels are not 100% Nakamura's work. I, I So I have trouble taking it as canon. Because it's not 100% Nakamura's work. Yeah. So, what happens in the manga, in the novels, and I don't know how much Nakamura, like, gives, like, I don't know if she's, like, sitting there saying word from word and someone's writing it down, or if she reads over it and gives it the thumbs up, or, like, I don't know. But, in the manga, Hattori then rapes Chiaki, and Chiaki is really hurt and confused, and he's so confused, he doesn't understand why. Bullshit! I don't believe for half a second that Hattori would do that, because Hattori, his character, you see, is really wholesome, he's really good, he's a bit protective, but I don't believe for one second he would rape his childhood friend of 28 years. I'm sorry, that's not how life works. 
That would never happen. So I don't take that as canon. And that's what I have to say about that. Anyway, so Chiaki's a bit of a dumbass. Um, after Hattori kisses him on the couch, he gets really confused and he doesn't know what to do. And Chiaki is such an ass. And he's not an ass. He's just... He's an idiot. He's the biggest derp ever. And I don't see how he's 30 and gets through life without dying. <laughs> because Chiaki and Hattori have a friend named Yu. I'm not saying you, I'm saying you. Why? <laughs> Why you, you? That's how it's spelled. Why you, you? You, Chiaki, and Hattori are, have been friends since about middle school. They, that's when you moved there and they all became friends. Quote unquote friends for Hattori and you. Um, Hattori and you uh, both know that each other likes Chiaki. Chiaki <laughs> thinks they're in love with each other. <laughs> Which is really funny, because Chiaki's a dumbass. Can you tell I don't like Chiaki? He's he's my Akihiko of this story. I really just don't like Chiaki, but he has moments that surprise me, and I really like him for- See, that's the thing about Chiaki! I hate him and I like him at the exact same time. But he he's a complete and total idiot, because there's a part- His his first episode, Hattori tells him at the end, he's like, I'm in love with you. I want to be with you. And he's like, okay. Alright, Hattori, I, just, I hear that you're in love with me. We're kissing- Okay, next freaking episode. Chiaki's going, Oh no, guys, I, I, I don't know. I, th I think Hattori's in love with you. Oh god, I don't know. What if he's in love with you? Didn't he kiss me? Oh, I have to be a replacement. I have to be his replacement for you. And I'm like, what is your problem? Hattori just told you that he's in love with you, and he's been in love with you for 28 years, and Chiaki's like, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I just, I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm just like, shut up! You were 28 years old! How you never had sex? How do you live? How do you write romance manga? That's my biggest problem! He's a romance writer, and he doesn't know a damn thing about romance! How is he popular? In- ah, it pisses me off. Oh, Chiaki. But he has really cool moments where he's just like, Hattori, shut up! And Hattori's like, okay, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. And so you see Hattori, who's like a foot taller, like, cower away from Chiaki. It's great. But I do like this little triangle between the three of them. Because you, you was a smooth operator. I think he knows that Chiaki's a dumbass. <laughs> I think you knows that Chiaki's a bit stupid and naive, and he totally takes full advantage of that. He's a smooth cat. He is he is nice. I like him. So so they're the they're the other uh, couple. Uh, they're the second couple of Sakaichi Hatsukoi and fun. Uh, not I guess not finally because I have like three more couples to talk about. Oh my god, there's so many. This is the longest podcast ever. The last couple is my favorite. I love them so much. It's Kisa and Yukina. Kisa is another editor in the shoujo manga area. Uh, he's Takano Onodera's and Hattori's co-worker. And Kisa is the... I, I'm pretty sure he's the oldest of all of them. He's 30. He has to be because he's 30. Actually, no! Hattori might actually be older than him. Well, he's older than, than at least Onodera. I know that much. And Kisa is... Uh, <laughs> he calls himself an old homo. <laughs> which makes me laugh. Um, he's an old homo. Uh, in his own words. Uh, and he has a thing where he falls in love with pretty faces. And then he he falls in love with pretty faces, and then he sleeps with those people, and then he breaks up with them and leaves. And, but there's, there's one exception, and this guy's name is Yukina. 
he works at the bookstore that uh, publishes a bunch of manga, and he works hey in the shoujo manga section. And so Kisa is the worst stalker in the world, and he goes to Maru- uh, not Marukawa, he goes to the bookstore every day and stares at the guy secretly behind books and pretends to be browsing every day <laughs> and, like, stares at the guy. <laughs> He's the worst stalker ever. <laughs> and it's great. And Yukina is, like, the perfect man. He's so pretty. He's so pretty, he makes me want to cry. <laughs> I don't, he, I want to cry every time I see Yukina. Because he's so pretty. <laughs> um, and he's happy, and he's optimistic, and he loves life. And I swear to God, he, if he was a puppy, he'd be wagging his tail and peeing on everything. He's just so happy to see you. <laughs> he's great. And he, I think he knows that he's a smooth operator too, and I think he knows that he's pretty because that's how he sells manga. Because all the girls will come in and they're like, Oh, Yukina, hi, how to you? And he's like, Hey, ladies, I'm so happy to see all you guys today. You guys have brightened up my day. And they're like, Oh my god, get in my bed. And he's like, So, so I want you to know, these are the books that are on sale today. And they're like, Oh, Yukina, Yukina, I'm sorry, I don't have enough money. I gotta pay my phone bill this month. And he's like, Oh. That makes me so sad, and let me add, when he's saying all this, he sparkles. Like, he sparkles more than Edward Cullen does, like, rolling, after rolling in clitter and, like, running around naked in the sun. He spark like, he literally sparkles, and that's what makes him so funny. Um, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sad to hear that you can't buy these books, I was really looking forward to talking to you about these, and these girls are like, oh my god, I'm throwing my money at you, make it rain, make it rain with my money, fuck my phone bill. <laughs> like, that's, and the meanwhile, you see Kisa in the background just glowering at these girls going, I hate them so much. <laughs> and so the way they get together is Kisa is not as a, a, a good a stalker as he thinks he is, and um, one of his ex-lovers, uh, who has been kind of you know, harassing him too, shows up at the store and tries to, like, yell at Kisa, and Kisa is such a badass, he, like, grabs his tie and tells him to fuck off. I love Kisa, he's a man. Kisa's a man. He, he's the shortest of them all, and he looks like he's 18, and people think that he's 18, but he's a man, damn it. He sleeps around and fucks who he wants and tells people to fuck off. He's a man. And then he gets all, oh no. <laughs> I love Kisa. And so one of Kisa's ex-lovers shows up, and the guy gets really mad, and he goes to punch Kisa, and Yukina grabs his arm, and he's like, Sir, no fighting in our store, and Kisa freaks out and runs. Um, and it turns out that he goes to a cafe, and a little bit while later, Yukina shows up! Hey, it's an anime! He just happens to do that. And Yukina shows up, and they <laughs> start talking. And he's like, you know, thank you for saving me, and he starts talking, they start trying talking about what they do. And Yukina, um, uh, Kisa is like, freaking out internally. He's like, oh my god, he's talking to me. I'm so in love with him. And Yukina kisses him. Just out of the blue, kisses him. And in the next episode, uh, Yukina sends him an email and, because uh, he wants, uh, Kisa happened to mention in their conversation that, like, uh, there's a book that he's having trouble with selling. Yukina's like, I will sell it for you. And he does. He, like, sells the hell out of this book because he makes a display and Kisa goes out to see it and Yukina tells him, like, hey, I want to talk to you after I get off work, can you wait for me? And Kisa's like, oh my god, he's going to hate me forever and stuff like that. And I just know that he was just fucking around with me and jerking me around and it's not going to be good. And so while he's waiting outside, his, the same ex-lover shows up 
and Yukina uh, saves Kisa. I was like, look, dude, me and Kisa are dating. He's my boyfriend. We're lovey-lovey, and if you don't leave him alone, you're not gonna like it. And the guy, like, runs off, and Kisa's like, what does he mean? I don't understand this. Why does he mean that we're in love? And so Kisa's like, let's go back to my place. <laughs> Kisa's just like, oh my god, we're gonna go back to his place. And it turns out, the really sweet part about all this is uh, Yukina actually likes shoujo manga, and it turns out that he has every book that Kisa has ever edited, and he didn't know. He did not know that he had Kisa's books. He just loved that style so much that he happened to have all the books. Ah! And he asked Kisa out, and then they start dating, and it's beautiful. I love it. I love Kisa and Yukina. Um, what I love so much about them is like like Hiroki and Nawaki, they are opposites, which makes it fun. Kisa, I relate to so much. He is really, really realistic. And he is realistic to the point where I look at him and go, Oh man, I'm Kisa. Because he, he knows that he's mediocre at his job. He knows he's not the best. And he knows he doesn't have the skills to be the best. He knows he's not the worst, so he's not going to lose his job anytime soon. But he's stuck in this like sea of like mediocrity that he can't... He, he knows that he's not going to go much up further, and he knows that he's starting to get into his middle-aged years. He's not married, and so and he knows that he's gay, so he's not going to get married anytime soon. So he's been stuck. He's really realistic about his job and really realistic about his life. And he even says to himself a lot when it comes to Yukina, who is his perfect ideal... Oh, excuse me. Who is his perfect ideal man... That life is not a shoujo manga. This stuff doesn't happen in reality. Which is why it's funny, because he's in a shoujo manga. Uh, actually, he's in a yaoi manga. But all the situations happen to him. And it's becoming his reality. And he just doesn't know how to handle it. And he has no idea how to even handle Yukina. Because Yukina's perfect. Like, literally. Like, like Kisa's like, I'm sorry, I can't meet you because I have work. And Yukina's like, that's alright, I support you. And he's like, what the hell is wrong with you? You're not supposed to support me! Flip the table! And so that's why I really like the most so much. Because Yukina is really optimistic. He's really sparkly. And he's really happy. But he does have troubles. The the newest issue, uh, the newest chapter, Seke Jatsukoi, actually came out two days ago for me. For me, in my time. Um, and it was from Yukina's point of view. And which was really interesting because we got to see inside his head, and, and and got to see that he's not quite as optimistic as he as he plays himself to be. But all he really wants is just to support Kisa and to be there for him, and and they're a really lovely couple. And that's they're actually really refreshing because all the other couples with Onodera and Takano, Takano has to pretty much like pull Ritsu kicking us and, and screaming into bed. Chiaki has never been with a guy before. He was straight before Hattori, and he he wouldn't be with any other guy that's not Hattori. So he's really unsure and doesn't really quite want to like jump headfirst into it and stuff like that. But the thing about Kisa and Yukina, they love each other. They are willingly together. They they want to be with each other, and that's what I really like about them. It's refreshing to see a couple that actually you know has their shit together. Even though every once in a while they have problems. But they pretty much, for the most part, has their shit together. So they're, they're the third couple. Um, the next podcast is... Uh, or the next podcast... The next couple is Yokozawa. Hey, remember Yokozawa was just talking about? Um, you know, he actually starts getting his own stuff made. Uh, they started writing spin-off novels for him. So, like, Chiaki has spin-off no- spin novels. Yokozawa has spin-off novels. 
And remember the guy's name that I couldn't pronounce? His editor-in-chief of his manga is a guy named Kirishima. So uh, Yokozawa has worked with, works with Kirishima, um, and Kirishima is a lovely gentleman. Is a very lovely, lovely gentleman. I love him so much. Um, he, I haven't, I've only read the summaries on the mangas, so I don't know it as well. So if I say anything wrong, I apologize. I haven't done with Yokozawa. <laughs> the point is they get together. <laughs> Yay! Um, uh, Yokozawa starts. Um, you know, is very unsure about him. He thinks he has a one-night stand, but Kirishima won't quite tell him, because Yokozawa was drunk and he can't remember it. Um, so he's not sure if he had a one-night stand with Kirishima, so Kirishima starts kind of blackmailing him a little bit just to have fun with him. And it turns out that Kirishima is a single father, and his wife died when he was younger, uh, when, when, uh, w uh, a few years ago, and he has a daughter, which is different, because so far... Not counting Takahiro in, over in Junji Romantica world, and none of the couples has a kid. None of them. So it's a really different dynamic uh, for Yokozawa and Kirishima. Because there's this little girl, I think her name is Hiro. If I remember how to pronounce that correctly, let's go look on Wikipedia, Wikipedia, Wikipedia. Hiyori, Hiyori, Hiyori. See, I gotta hear it in the anime to know how to pronounce it correctly. Isn't that bad? I know it's bad. I'm gonna call her Hiyo because that's cuter. So he has a little daughter named Hiyo, and she's 10 years old, and she's really cute, and she loves Yokozawa so much, and she calls him Big Brother. And Yokozawa's like, oh my god, this is too domestic for my life. <laughs> but he actually really falls in love with this little girl, and he ends up becoming, like, he starts living with Hiroshima. And they are really, really cute together. And so, they're the next couple. And finally, the last couple! Jesus freaking Christ! Um, is Isaka and Asahina. I'm glad I kind of saved them for last, because I was able to set up all this. Um, Isaka and Asahina. Isaka is uh, the son of the CEO of Marukawa. He is in both Junja Romantica and Sekaichi Hatsukoi. He... Uh, is constantly interacting with Akihiko. He's constantly interacting with Takano. He is pretty much in charge of everybody, and he's the boss. <laughs> and he's the son, and he's loud, and he, he's like, Hey, everyone, I'm rich. <laughs> See, you guys gotta listen to me. <laughs> he's a rich, spoiled brat. And he will be the first person to tell you he's a rich, spoiled brat. And he is so hilarious because he annoys the crap out of everybody. Everybody just can't get along with him because he's just so rich. And he's just so loud about it. And, like, at first, when you first meet him in Sekaiichi Hatsukoi, um, Onodera's, uh, he meets Onodera and he's like, Oh, hey, hey, isn't your father, like, um, the CEO of uh, that other company? And he's like, yeah. And Onodera's like, yeah, I really don't want to make a big deal here, though. I want to work on my own merit and stuff like that, he goes, oh, okay, yeah, well, that's, that's kind of, that's really respectable. And uh, Isaka walks off a bit and then turns around and yells, hey, I'm the CEO of this company, too! Let's ride our dad's coattails together! And Onodero's like, what just happened to my life? <laughs> so Isaka's a really, really fun character, but he, remember that Junjo mistake thing I mentioned forever ago? Junjo Mistake is a spin-off story. It's a spin-off manga, and you can find it online. And it was done uh, when Isaka was younger. It takes place about ten years before Junjo Romantica, that storyline. And what happens is, is uh, when Isaka first starts out, he's an editor. And he doesn't like it, 
but he has a childhood friend named Asahina who looks like Hattori. They could be twin brothers. They are brothers from another mother. <laughs> totally brothers from another mother. Um, and Asahina, uh, when he was little, Asahina's business failed. Uh, not business, I'm sorry. Asahina's father's business failed. And his father had no idea what to do, so he tried to do a family suicide and drove their car off a cliff. And so when Isaka's father heard about their story, he took them in. So Asahina's father became his father's personal assistant. His mom worked in the house, and Asahina became Isaka's childhood friend. And they were raised together. Um, and Asahina finally became uh, Isaka's personal assistant. Um, and... <laughs> Asahina doesn't take shit from Isaka. Like, Isaka will be like, Asahina, come dry me, I just got out of the shower. And Asahina throws towels at him. And <laughs> just throws them on them and walks away. Um, but it turns out that Isaka has always loved Asahina. Um, and their story is actually featured in the second season, episode 6 of Seka Ichi Hatsukoi. And I go, what the hell is this doing here? Seriously, what the hell? And I'm not saying that Junja Mistake is a bad episode. is a bad episode. And it's a b not a bad story. I really like this story, and I really like the characters too. Because Azahina is a darling. I just want to cuddle with him. It's a Junjo story. It belongs with Junjo, and I, I just thought it should have been an OVA. I didn't understand why it was in the middle of Sakai Jihatsukoi's the middle of season two. Don't get it. Should have been an OVA for Junjo Romantica. Move on. Because it's taking time away from another story over here in Sekai Jihatsukoi world. Anyway, that's my soapbox. But they eventually get together and it's really sweet. Uh, but both characters are in both shows. So you'll see Asa you'll see Isaka more. Isaka's in it way more. Asahina pops up in both. He's not a really prominent character, except for in the second season of uh, Sekai Jihatsukoi. But he's there. He shows up every once in a while. And yeah, he's really cool. I gotta feel sorry for the girls that work in this company, though. All, out of everybody in this company, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There are 12 gay men. <laughs> and uh, there are even more from Junjo Romantic World. And these poor girls that work at, like, uh, 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 Marukawa Publishing must be like, Oh man, we can never get a date now, because they're all asleep with everybody else. Not that everybody knows, but I feel sorry for the poor, poor girls that live in this company. But you know, just just like uh, Junior Romantica, I really want to see what happens when all the the couples interact. Um, if all the couples, you know, found out about each other. Like how Takano is such a hard ass about work, that I don't think he would be able to deal with Tori and Chiaki being together. I, I think he knows that they're friends, and so he tolerates that and stuff like that. But if he knew they were in a romantic relationship, I think he'd be like, "No, you gotta pick, you gotta send him off to another editor because that's that's a conflict of interest right there because he's sleeping with you. I don't want you to like, give up on your other editors." But then at the same time, Onadera has been moving up in the ranks really quickly, and he's been there less than anybody else. And Takano's giving him a lot of responsibility. And I think if Kisa or Hattori or Mino, who Mino's their other coworker, that's a very who's a minor character, if any of them found out that Onodera and Takano were together, I think they would have a problem with Onodera moving up so fast in the ranks. I, I think they would have a big problem with it. And I just see Takano constantly. Takano knows Yukina. 
because they constantly go to the bookstore, and, and the editors in the sales department are have close relationships with the bookstores because they're, they're selling the books. So Yokozawa and Takuno both know Yukina, because he's the assistant manager there, and he's talked with them before, and they have his business card and stuff like that. And so I think he would have a... Ha, Takuno would have a field day making fun of Kisa and Yukina. He would just have a field day. He'd have so much fun. <laughs> And so I, I, I do want to see what happens when all the couples find out about everybody else. I just, I, once again, Nakamura, I think that'd be a really, 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 really great just plot point just to see that fall out again because I really do think they'd be really pissed off if they knew that Onodera and Nakamura were together and Kisa would not be a happy camper. He's been there way longer than both of them. Or at least in my head canon he has. So I'm really holding out for a season three for all three of these. Uh, like I said, Junior Romantica, there's, I don't know if there will be one, but Sekai Hatsukoi is about two-thirds of the way done with season two. The new episode just came out today, and it was Yukino Friday! Yeah! I love Yukino Fridays! I, and I'm really hoping that season three will come out of it, because there's just so much more material to go through, and it's so popular. Why stop it while it's broke? Like, why, why fix it or stop it while it's still being strong? I'll buy it. Oh, I just wish they wouldn't stop with the damn censors, because if you read the manga, you get the sex. And that's why I don't understand why people don't read the manga. Because you get the sex in the manga. It's so good. It's so hot, and it's so steamy, and it's so beautiful. And I think that every anime should have a plus 18 version that's released that you can buy. So we'll get to see all of our lovely sex scenes and all the extra added content, and it would be wonderful. That's what this this needs. So you hear that, Japan? Make plus 18 versions of everything. And then let people buy both versions. So they'll watch the one version they'll watch with their underage friends, and then they'll have the plus 18 version that they'll watch for themselves at night, at, in the dark, in their bedroom under the covers. Like me! I had like two more points to talk about, but I've talked a lot about this. So, Sekai Chatsuko is my favorite of the two. They're both really, really wonderful yaoi, yaoi shows. I, I do think that. As much as I hate to say this. Actually, no. I was about to say you should watch Ginger Romantica first because it can first. I don't think you should. So, okay, Chihatsuko stands alone. Like, it really does. Oh, oh, I was going to mention about uh, characters overlapping. Sometimes you do see the characters overlap a lot in this show. Um, and uh, that's why I like Sekai Chihatsuko more. Um, there's actually, in the Jinjo Mistake episode, Isaka and Akihiko are neighbors. And Isaka goes to... Uh, to Akiko's house, and there's Akihiko, and it's really exciting to be fans who are people who are fans of both shows. And then you see uh, Misaki at one point, and this is the six degrees of separation thing I was talking about. There's an episode where Onodera's just sitting on the subway, and he's musing about Takano, and sitting right beside him is Misaki, and he doesn't know. I mean, the the characters are that closely linked to each other, and that's why it's it's wonderful to see how this happens. Like, you see, uh, in the background, in Sekai Hatsukoi, you'll see Junjo Romantica posters. Um, they're fuzzied out, so you have to know what the poster is, because they're blurred out, but you can tell. I, I saw one, and I own it. I'm looking at the wall scroll right now on my wall, and I've seen it in the episode. I mean, so it's it's really fun to see these crossovers, and I hope they happen more, and that's why I really want season three the second, uh, of Junjo Romantica, because Sekai Hatsukoi came out later than season two of Junjo Romantica, so I think if they did a season three, you'd see the Sekaichi Hatsukoi characters crossing over to that Junjo Romantica world, which hasn't happened yet. 
And I think that'd be a very lovely crossover. And so it would just make the circle of gay life complete, and they'll constantly go in and out of each other's episodes. Because I really want to see an episode of Sekaiichi Hatsukoi, which has, like, Nawaki or, or Hiroki coming through. Oh, God, I'd just be so happy. Or Shinobu and Miyagi. It would be great. Oh, my God, I've talked for so long. <laughs> it's it's a really good series, guys. I, I really like it a lot. I, I hope you guys like it as much, too. Um, if this is your first time listening to me, I hope I didn't sound like a really crazy person, because I am. Um, but I, I, I hope I didn't turn you away from it, too. And as as always, thank you for listening to Hope of All Trades. My name is Hope Mullinax. This show is a part of the Two True Freaks podcast group. If you like what you hear, if you like what you hear here, you should check out some of our other shows at twotruefreak.lipson.com, I believe is the website. Um, if not, just just look up Two True Two True Freaks. We're a podcasting group. We talk about comic books and movies, and I become the anime talker. Go fig. I talk about whatever I want, and it's usually anime because nobody else talks about that. So, <laughs> sorry guys. Um, so yeah, give the guys a listen. They're they're really great guys. My all my fellow co-hosts over there are, are are wonderful, wonderful guys. And we need to do a Doctor Who episode soon, Chris. Yeah, me and Shag need to go at it. And I don't mean shagging because that'd be gross, and I'd probably throw up some in my mouth. Yeah. All right. So thank you for listening to Hope of Our Trades. Like I said, my name is Hope Mullinax. You can check out my Tumblr. It's uh, Geeky Girl Experience. Uh, you can find stuff. If you have ever have any questions, just shoot me a question. I'm really open. Um, yes. So I will talk to you all later. Thank you for listening, guys. And I will see you soon or talk to you soon. And it will be fun and awesome. And hopefully I won't talk about boy love for two hours. All right. Bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks.